All right, we're back in action. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Sorry about that. Um, folks, this is Tim Cool with the Prodigy Outdoor Podcast. Tonight I have Austin Summers with Midwest Public Land Whitetails. Um, Austin lives over in Illinois, not actually too far from me, to be honest. And um, it's good to have you on. I, we've never met, and I actually, you know, I think we just have some mutual friends, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just kind of tag along with you on Facebook. I watch your stuff. You know, we've hopped on a few of the same conversations on some posts, and I I kind of tag along with you. But no, I'm glad you have. I'm glad you brought me on here. It's good to be on here. Um, tell us what's what's it like hunting public land in Illinois? I've never done it. Um, is is you know, is there a lot of it? Um, it goes back and forth, you know, there, uh, I came out here originally from Nebraska. So there's a, there's a lot of public land in Nebraska, Illinois, I feel is a, a little bit, a little bit slimmer, but it's a, it's a lot thicker. And when you do find it, it's some pretty thick and pretty thick and, and big pieces. You know, the parcel I stick to yeah. the most is probably a good 1600 acres. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, probably the one I dedicate most of my time to and, uh, my efforts. But um, I explore quite a few other ones. You know, there's some 16,000 acres, you know, then there's a couple 400s. And, but for the most part in my section where I'm at, it's uh, pretty slim. I mean, there's, there's a few of them. There's within an, hour to, within an hour's drive, there's maybe three pieces you can go to. Yeah. And one of them is actually only draw available. So you can only get on if you enter a draw, you know, and it's a – is a popcorn draw. So it's just kind of, you may get lucky and you may not, you know? Well, that's kind of fair. I like that. You know, I've, I've thought about those ideas um, myself on public land. Just uh, wouldn't it be nice if everyone was on the same page on public, but that's the beauty and the, you know, the curse of it, you know, it's, I hunt a lot of public land myself and it's, um, you know, we've, I don't know. Have you ever seen the squirrel hunters out there? Oh God. Yes. They're my biggest nightmare are they the the, the uh, mungs they're called yes yes yep and yeah, and they yeah, come out so. and they don't care i mean the, some of them are pretty cool but for the most part they are pretty ruthless when it comes down to hunting time you know you just kind of gotta i just yeah. try to wander back as far away as i can get i try to make friends with them so i know when they're coming out there they kind of give me a holler so i kind of deter away from the areas i believe they'll be in yeah yeah i hunt a lot of public land too and that's one thing that i'm I've been in, I've been in the Midwest for two years now. It'll be my third season. And, um, same thing. I'm trying to stick with one piece or two pieces. And fortunately for me, I do have a little bit of private land too. That's close to home. So kind of developed a little strategy that way too, to kind of hunt the public land earlier in the year, maybe go set some stands on the, on the, on, or hunt the private early and then um, maybe get some stuff situated and just kind of lay back till the end of October to hunt the public, you know? Yeah. I got a, I got a couple parts. I got a parcel I acquired at the end of last year of last season. I uh, was able to get on to, and with a buddy of mine's grandparents and uh, it's a good private. It's, it's all right. But I mean, I just don't find the excitement when I go out. I mean, I guess I should, you know, like, Oh, this is mine. I can hunt yeah. this. I'm the only one that's been out there in 20 years, you know? But it just uh, – it doesn't really get my, my rocks off like it does when I walk into a piece of public land knowing that anything at any given point could go wrong and not be in my favor. I think that's what I love the most. Yeah, I, I do too. I There's a sense of um, wonder or something when you hunt public. It's kind of like you have you have the same, you know, goal, but the expectations aren't as high, I feel like. You know, like you kind of do have that more – like buffer where you're like okay this is this could happen this could happen and this could happen and you're like okay with it and you know for me it's it's almost like a rebellion to hunt public i don't know but i've always been kind of drawn to to do i just always kind of i never really liked following the crowd and i've done i you know i used to be a huge qdma guy like i mean i've got two certifications from the qdma I've been to courses. I've been to the conference. I was like land manager, wanted to do all that, you know, the food plots and stuff. And as time's gone on and I've hunted more places, I've realized that um, a lot of people I think are just pissing in the wind when it comes to, to management. And I know every little bit helps, but, you know, unless you have a good piece of property that's holding deer, um, 
you know, I just, I just personally don't see the results with people just planting food plots. I mean, to me, it's great. Does come in, you know, you get the occasional big buck, but it's, it's not like you see on TV. Some of those food plots were, were being advertised to or secluded food plots. You know, what, what do you think about that? Do you, do you, do you, what do you think about the, you know, the kind of baseline food plot type of stuff that a lot of guys do? I, uh, I have to agree with you quite a bit on there. I mean, I, I'm all for, you know, aiding and, and assisting, you know, to bring a better deer population yeah. and to take care of your herd, you know, but at the end of the day, unless you're like, and this comes down to what you're willing to do. I mean, everybody has their own thoughts and differences. You know, I, yeah. I personally have never got much into it because like I said, where I come from, there's so much damn food. It don't matter particularly what you do. For the sure. deer, For the deer sure. are going to come out where they're going to come out at the end of the day. But out here I've noticed that I, I know a lot of people that are, I have a lot of good buddies that are super into this management, you know, super into this food plots, you know, and it does assist in my opinion quite a bit. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like you said, if you, unless you own a good fat piece of property or own, you know, is that good section where those is a natural just zone for those deer to want to bed in and stick to. And, and they're there consistently every year. And you're constantly godding or godding. I'm sorry, constantly getting, you know, more and more deer. Yeah. I, I personally feel it's, it's just like trying to throw a, throw a piece of shit out for a f- bunch of flies. You know, sometimes you're going to get a bunch and sometimes for you're sure. You know, I think, I think it'll help, but well, out in reality with the regulations and sometimes, you know, in certain States like in Illinois, you know, putting a green plot out putting clover out you know you can't really do nothing else with them it it's only helping as much as as much as you think it is because if you got a bean field next to you deer love clover but they you know they love beans too so it's just kind of throwing a wild card you know it's just it's helping them get there but i don't think it's making as drastic of a difference as people think it is that's my opinion i could be i am not 100 percent right at all but no i totally i mean anything's it's it's like it's like if you were on a diet, it's like any diet, any little bit of healthy eating is better than none. And it's like, but like, I mean, if you look at, a, you know, number one, to, to piggyback on what you were saying, you know, when we're, when we're hunting these food plots, like a lot of times, you know, the antlers are done growing and, you know, the clover and alfalfa in the early seasons help, you know, I think a late season food plot would be, you know, more of a, of a good uh, practice, I guess, just a good management practice just to have that food source in case there is a harsher winter but at the end of the day i've just noticed that all the people that i know that plant food plots including myself very rarely kill a big deer out of it whether it's early season or late season and i just i just you know i've ran the numbers and i I don't remember it's just it would be five acres divided by a hundred so whatever you know even if you had a five acre food plot you know what's that that's like a half of a, i think i'm i think it's a half of a percent of of the bucks home range so it's just like essentially like putting out a big corn pile like it's like it's 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 there but it's not really doesn't effective draw yeah if that, if I, that I, makes sense or not no and, and it does because like you know it's like i said there could be 14 other guys in the surrounding area that have something there you know so you might get a straggler here or there and you might get a couple, you know, one to two starts kicking in or, or you know, or their other food sources are depleted, they'll wander through there. But you got to take in, you know, you got your natural grazes, your acorns, you know, all, all of this natural stuff. I mean, these deer early season are going to want to stick to them. But everybody says, I, 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 st- I ride this out so hard is, oh, you got to, you know, early season, they're going to be in their roots, you know, sticking out in the fields, wandering kind of open range. Well, that might be the case for some people, you know, these guys with 2,000, 3,000 acres of private land or something of that sort. But when I hunt public, I tell you what, and I, and I, I spoke this the last time I was on a podcast and that's the thing I'll stick to is, is they do not stick to those routines. They love staying in them woods as long as they can because there's so much natural graze in there for them. You know, there's your yeah. acorns, there's your greens. I mean, there's tons of things they can just nibble on throughout that whole time to why would they want to come out in the open, especially on land where they know it's that time. The deer aren't stupid. They know, they know what the mm-hmm. seasons are coming. They know when they catching them smells that them hunters are going to be in the area, you know, so they're going to, they're going to ride their safety lines and they just got a natural instinct to follow in them woods. It's a, I don't know. That's just my thought. I'm no professional Bullshit. by any means, but that's learned. Uh-huh. That's my thoughts. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. 
Well, shit, I mean, this the early season, the squirrel and stuff's been open for at least in Iowa. It's open in September. It's open early. You know, there's uh, there's public there's public land that's already got a in that we have an early youth and muzzleloaders or youth and and disabled season and 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 small game is open and I think there's teal. I mean, some of these public lands already addition to people scouting, which as the season gets closer, there's more activity, but there also is people actually hunting on these public lands and even, and even private, you know, it just, it gets cold around people want to go out there and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I just, I, I think, I think moving to the Iowa, moving to Iowa, I learned, I've learned a lot. And, and one of them is just, it's just, you know, and I, I did the math on my phone real quick. It, it's a five acre food plot is one tenth of a, of a, of a buck's home range. It's so, you know, if you have a deer, if his home range is 500 acres, you know, it could be smaller, it could be bigger, but it's one tenth of a percent. And so here we are, we got these tree stands and it's nicely trimmed and it's all ready to go. And it just, I just, I've done it. I've got the equipment and I, I totally agree. There's so much, there's so much food in the timber around that time of the year that, um, you know, we don't even, we're not even, Edu- you you can educate yourself or you know if you went to school for biology or forestry or something you'd learn it but as hunters i think that's something that people should should look into more and learn more because um the different uh like you said different things that they're browsing on in the timber throughout the fall different things are coming into palatability throughout the fall and we you know as hunters we don't even know what they are majority of hunters don't know what they're looking at Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm all, I'm all for keeping a herd healthy, you know, and like you said, them late season plots, I believe do, do play a big take, you know, in certain areas of like where food is not in abundance, you know, like I'd say more down South, you know, areas like that. But I believe out here, Iowa, Illinois, I mean, you could, I know, like I said, I know so many people that run food plots and, and it does make a difference for them. You know, they'll get more does and they'll get your younger bucks, you know, and especially if it's, you know, an isolated plot with an area where these deer, it's a common travel corridor, yeah. they're going to come across it, you know, and it's going to keep a few lingerers sticking around, you know, and then it'll yeah. attract attention through more throughout the year. But I believe to make a total effectiveness, I think there's got to be more, more into it than just, you know, let's slap five acres of, of uh, clover out here and yeah. uh, let's, let's get let's see, let's think we're going to get a 200 inch deer out here. I think there's so much more to it than that. And that's why I personally haven't got into it. I mean, the where I my land like with a public piece I hunt I know the bio the the um biology or, or what is he a DNR biologist or land management yeah, well, specialist yeah. guy that you know that that does all the plots for the public piece in that area and you know I I spoke with him for two and a half three hours one day because there were some guys that had come down from Chicago and were illegally hunting and uh, mm-hmm. driving and doing drive on the public land they were shooting all over the parking lot and uh, he was asking me you know how how, how do I think, how do I like the setup of this place? And I told him, I said, I, I think it's amazing. I think you got it good. I said, the only thing I wish you'd change is the standing corn in the, toward the end of the season. He goes, yeah, but that's what's, you know, that's what makes it fair to the deer. You know, if anybody, you know, he just leaves it up to make it easier for the deer. Yeah. He leaves standing corn for them in certain plots, but they rotate the plots. And he asked me how I thought it was working. Well, I told him how I patterned the deer and how they, you know, rotate between these plots and what they do early season and when they actually start coming out to the like a greater number start coming out to the food sources and he I, I told him what I thought and how it was working and it was working great and then he asked me you know what was my luck you know what have I had over the food and what have I had versus in the woods and well I I shot my biggest deer this year on that public land that he manages and I think he's doing great I've seen tons of large deer I think he's got it you know for a piece of public land that people don't think there's that many big deer on there's a lot of big deer and there's a lot of healthy deer. Yeah. And that's interesting because, um, number one, um, like we, number one, before I forget is, um, you know, I've hunted all over the country and I've noticed that and it's, it's very ironic because like people, Oh, public land, but you know, the DNR is managing these pieces. And, and a lot of times they're the showcase. Like I, 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 I hunted in Missouri last year and I was just, I couldn't believe the, the management that the, that the DNR had done there. I mean, they're, you know, they're specifically targeting quail and that benefits, you know, that's got a lot of low brows for the deer. 
there's food plots, there's CRP, they're doing different timber stand improvements. I mean, it's just like, why wouldn't you hunt here? You know, why? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm seeing more deer than my dad is on the private land. And, and second to that too, is I don't think people really, Hello. Well, they're pissed about it. Me, it's just like, that's why it's so great. It's, it's at your disadvantage. That's why it's such a coveted place to hunt. That's why the Midwest is a coveted place to hunt because, you know, and not everywhere. I mean, there's still states that use rifles that are great states. But that's one thing that I, I believe that Iowa is separates other people. And I know Illinois, you can only use a slug gun too or a muzzleloader um, is, is, the, is the, the short gun season. And then on top of that, just the disadvantage using a, um, a slug gun. I I think I think you're right on with that, you know. And that, but a lot of people get discouraged, like you said, you know, from from the seasons or from the public land, you know, because of how it's set up. But I, like you, I have to agree with you. I think they're doing a phenomenal job yeah. on all the pieces I've been to since I've come from Illinois and even Nebraska. Is I mean, they are killing it. I mean, there's 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 no wonder, you know, there's no wonder that they have such good production of large quantities of deer out here, you know, and yeah. There's such big deer at that, you know. I I never would have thought when people think of public land, they you know they just don't. Oh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry goes out there and they just kill everything and all that. And they're right for the most part. They really are. You know, a lot of people aren't as avid as we are at this. And you know, even if I get the chance, I I still try to do my little part. You know, but whatever. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, what gets your blood pumping is what gets your blood pumping. And if that makes you happy, yeah. that's all my ultimate goal is. You know, that's what Midwest Public Land Whitetails stand for. Is you could go shoot a 80 inch deer or you could shoot a 180 inch deer and we're going to be yeah. right here with our fist pumping rooting for you, you know, cause we want everybody to be able to enjoy the outdoors. And the, the message we send is we want, we want you to see what we see when we go out on this land and we harvest these yeah. deer. And, you know, when we, when we put the boot time down and, and the grind in, and we just want everybody to be able to see what we're feeling, you know, and that's why we started doing the filming. And that's why, you know, our, some of our staff started, you know, stepping up their game a notch, you know, just to get more involved, you know, sure. and it's because from our public land and bringing, bringing the attention. Yeah, Today, I, you know, I got my honey hole. And I don't know if that's use coming out and I get, and I get guys that, you know, never hunted or think bow hunts too hard or, think public land's not for them and they you know they haven't hunted in five years because they don't have no private land i literally try to bring everybody i can with me like come on like i'll t- let me take you out hunting i will put you on a deer you know i will i won't give you the deer on a golden platter but i'm gonna i'm gonna get you in a vicinity where you can work to get that deer i'll show you yeah it's a hell of a lot of fun and, it's, and at the end of the day there's if you're willing to put the work in you'll get a deer that's no totally that's no agree. question at all yeah i mean i I'm the kind of guy that would, you know, if let's say I was hunting a, a big one on public and somebody who came by dragging a, a small buck, it's like, well, you're just going to help the guy, you know? And same thing with, uh, you know, a lot of guys I noticed not so much on public, uh, maybe, maybe more on public. I just don't, haven't met him, but a lot of guys like put possession on the deer. Like, oh, my neighbor shot my buck. It's like, Instead of being pissed off, go grab a, you know, I don't drink, but go grab a 12 pack and go sit in the garage and bullshit with them. Like, you really, you're really that fucking mad over, over the neighbor shooting the big one. And cause it happened to me twice last year. And it's like, why would I be mad or sad or, you know, even jealous of someone else's success? I don't, I just don't, you know, I had two bucks get killed last year. One was 160 plus inch 10, one was 150 inch eight. And it's like, why would I be mad? Actually, three. There was another one on public that a kid shot. A friend of mine now, we, we weren't friends at the time. We, didn't, we just were acquaintances that we met each other 
way back in some public and we were both kind of like, okay, you're not back here for a small buck. And I was like, yeah, neither are you, you know? So we were hunting the same buck and he got him. And it's just like, why would I be upset about that? You know, I just noticed that's like, that's awesome. thing these days. and it is people get, you know, I mean, I name my deer, you know, I name them, you know, and if I talk to guys that are watching the same deer, you know, it's every man for themselves. You know, I, I encourage it. If you go out, like if there's a, there's a couple large deer that I'm watching, that I, um, a good couple buddies of mine have on their cameras, and I you found are. his sheds last year. I got a pen and paper ready if you want to tell me exactly where the, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the coordinates, man, and make the challenge on. I'm ready for it. I've, I've been working hard on this deer, so I would love for somebody else to come give me a run for my money. Um, just kidding. No, and, you know, I got a shed. No, you're all right. I got a shed. You know, and he's a beautiful – what he is is uh, he's probably a three, three-and-a-half, four-year-old deer. This year he's either four or five. This is just my guess on hoof. And um, he has a pitchfork side. Some would call him a coal buck, mm. you know. He's got one side. It's very – he's got a caterpillar brow tine, which instead of it coming up, it curls like a little uh, like a little caterpillar. And then he's got a pronghorn that comes up, and it's every bit of probably 20 inches on each, side, each one. And it comes up like real sharp looks like almost like a like a mule deer or a pronghorn and then he's got a little nub on the end of it and i saw that after i shot my big buck last year on public land i was hunting three days later and i hunted all day and i must have just missed him when i got in that stand because that shed was still just wet blood on it and everything and after i, I was just the most amazing yeah <laughs> seriously i must have i mean literally no not right under the stand he was right at the fence line, about five yards from the stand. And I didn't see that shed all day. And then it was getting dark and I got down and was like, all right, well maybe I can kick something up and I can maybe drop something out in this bedding. So I get up across the fence and I'm walking around as I turn around to grab my stuff and head back to the truck. I look and standing literally I shot from my stand is, is this monster shed. And I'm just like, what in the hell? So I picked it up, and then I, I ran into a couple old guys in the parking lot. They're like, oh, yeah, we passed on that deer, you know, three or four times this year, but he didn't look that big. You know, let me see that antler. And they're like, oh, you should give us this. You know, we've been watching that deer. We got history. I said, I ain't giving you a damn thing. I said, you want it, you should have found it. And uh, they're like, oh, they got kind of mad about it. And they're like, well, we, sh we should have killed it. I was like, yeah, you should have. I was like, because next year I said, I plan on putting him on my wall. I said, I'm going to find this deer. And then. One of my buddies that hunts out there as well Jeez. was uh, was sending me pictures, <laughs> and and he goes uh, he goes check this out. He goes, I think this is your deer, and I look and and I'll be damned if it wasn't. He had pictures of that deer all season, seven hundred yards from where I found his antler, and then he sends me really? one. Yeah, dude, and then he sends me one more, and goes, here's another one of him. Why I look closer, and it wasn't him. I don't know if it's the dad or another or a. Uh, you know, an offspring of his, but it's the same style deer with a big old pitchfork. But instead of that nub, like the one I found, he has a crab claw on the end of it. Huh. And I mean, he's big, big bodied. And so at that point I'm like, well, I'd like to get, get both of them, but I, I still am determined to find the one that I've been putting all my efforts into locating, you know, and I got, I got everything set up to where I think he is, you know, and I ran into those old guys earlier this season again, after, um, the winter has passed and they were out there wandering around and I was talking to them again. They go, you still looking for that deer this year? I said, you bet your sweet ass I am. They're like, all right, well, good luck to you. We're going to keep an eye out for him too. I said, well, I hope somebody gets him. As long as somebody gets him, I just want to take a picture with the antler with him. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't matter. It don't really matter to me. I want him, but if somebody else gets him, then they earned it. You know, I ain't going to knock on the next guy. That's like a gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how it should be, you know. I mean, it's – I just – I just really – since I moved here, too, I, I don't – I mean, and Nebraska is a pretty good state, too. I've hunted there before. Um, I just – I just realized that um, a lot of a lot of the hunting stuff that we see is, is – it's real. It's marketing. It's a lot of marketing. And, um, you know, we're constantly – seeing we're constantly getting basically we're getting a lot of data uh, like at a rapid speed because we were, we're on instagram and facebook and youtube and shit like that so it's just boom 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 i mean it's every day even right now people are posting pictures from last year and velvet and shit 
And it's, it's really hard to like put yourself into, and I've done this, like, like real realizing what your resources are and what your capabilities are. And, you know, for guys like, um, you know, different professional hunters that shoot multiple big deer a year, um, in, in multiple States. And I'm not like, not like, not like some shows where they just shoot a nice buck. I'm talking like multiple really big caliber deer. Um, and, and, and elk too. I know one, I'm not going to say her name drop, but you know, seven Pope, you know, seven giant elk in once in one fall. Like, do you know how hard that is to do by yourself? Even if you had land and the time, you know, so like one, I, I just, I, you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of people like, that there's, there's other things in the background that we don't see, you know, and that's, and that's just maybe a side that I've seen or have been enlightened to. And it's just like, it's, you know, it's hard enough to shoot one big buck and there is people in anomalies that are really good hunters and stuff, but there's a lot of, some of the bigger shows have people helping them, you know, and that, that's something that should be made more, more aware. So people are not constantly comparing themselves and their down, quote unquote downfalls to to what other people are being successful or to other people's success. You know, I love that. You're right. I love that. That's that's a hundred percent accurate. At by all means, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I'm done. That is absolutely the greatest point I've heard in quite some time. You know, and that's it's a lot of there's a lot of it's like people that write music. You know, like artists. Yeah, yeah, artists yeah, yeah. Sing that music, get the credit for it. But a lot of times it's the little guy in the background that took the time out of his day working two jobs, you know, and still writing them lyrics for him that made him famous, but they don't get that credit, you know, and everybody just sees like, man, this guy shot 200 inch Magnum here, 200 inch here and 180, you know, and inches aren't whatever. I don't care so much about the inches, but it's just, you know, world-class whitetail. It's like, man, like I need to be like him. But at the same time, what people don't realize is we're all, great hunters if we put our minds to it you know you might not kill those 200 or the extremely large whitetails every year but you taking the steps to to persevere through that and and learn more about them deer makes you better to me in my opinion than those guys that are going out and killing six or seven of them because i like you said i am willing to promise you that they are not doing that all in mode i mean i know some phenomenal hunters and some great outdoorsmen and and they bust their asses to get these deer you know and then there's some of them that got you know there's some guides in the background or there's some guys that when they go to these other states they they know these states like the back of their hands and they're assisting them getting on them large deer you know but it looks great which, it looks great on the show which there's nothing wrong with it no exactly but, and that's what i want to say is there's there's not don't if you called me and told me to come shoot one of your deer i have no problem doing that i'm not but it just should be noted it just should be you should put that, put that into perspective. Cause there's even people in Iowa that are frustrated, you know, and it's like, you know, I've had, you know, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're, you're all right. No. And like, um, I think, I think you're right. You know, they, 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 those people, it needs to be noted because then when you're building the, the p- picture up in the, in the videos and the hunting scenes for these kids and these uh, other adults that are watching this, you know, that are avid hunters and outdoorsmen, you're painting the picture. Like, it's just, you know, like you're running this like clockwork, like it ain't no big thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you get these, you get these ads, you know, you get this kind of gear, this kind of stuff, and you can go kill these big deer, but you're forgetting to mention the fact that if you get help from these guys or other people that know that terrain better than you, or that have these big deer on their land and been watching them. And then, you know, want you to come do it. Just, you know, you got to let people know, like, I'm not saying decredit yourself as a hunter, but just, you know, don't put all the shine on you as if you did all that completely on your own. Cause I I know how hard it was for me to kill my first big deer. And, I got lucky and that's what it comes down to. I got extremely lucky. I mean, I, I, I credit myself as a good hunter. I could be better and I'll be better every year, but you know, I learned a lot from all the people that were around me. You know, I, I owe credits to the guys I watch on YouTube, you know, um, yep. and the show and the people I met on public land. Cause when I came out to Illinois, I didn't know their public land, but the guys I met yep. out there and the people that, you know, coached me through it and you know, broke me on my bad habits on that land turned me into a great hunter. And they kept, and they're, yeah. and they're still my friends to this day. And they, and they keep, we build each other, you know, and I owe a lot of my success to them. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I, like I said, I, there is nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just to put it in perspective. I mean, 
my friend and I had cameras in a 120 mile radius of our house um, last year, over 30, almost 40 cameras. And I can tell you on public and private land that the, the average unmanaged land, the common big mature deer is if it's a 10 pointer, he's in the 150 low 160s. If it's an eight mid 140s, 150, you know, on the high end. We searched for that unicorn buck all year, and I get I had one photo of one, um, and I was on the I believe it makes sense that I was on the fringe of his range, and he kind of made a, a pass through there once or twice on the camera. But you know, it's just it's it's just um, you know I I I I totally and I've and I've made a huge shift over the last few years. You know, I did work for a TV show um, for for a cup for a season and got really burned on that. Um, and that nothing needs to be said beyond that, but so I kind of consider myself, I, I, I don't want to be considered or a, not really, I don't want to say a part of, cause that's kind of really harsh of the hunting industry. I consider myself a part of the hunting community because with Midwest, uh, you know, with the public land thing you got going on with prodigy outdoors, you know, there's people out there that really enjoy it. They look up to you. They think you're, you know, somebody special and, you know, there's people that I talk to almost daily that I probably may never meet. One lives in West Virginia, um, different people like that, that I, they just, they think what we do is cool. And I don't take that for that attention or that interest for granted. You know, I, I actually enjoy talking to everybody that messages me and I enjoy them sending me aerial photos and asking me where they should hunt and, you know, what they would do here and there. I mean, to me, that little bit means the world to me, you know, it doesn't have to be the huge stardom or anything like that to make my life be, be fulfilled. And so that's kind of like what you were saying with the, with the guys on public is, you know, you're, you're at the grassroots of all of this. And that's, that's the most important thing is to stay. I, for me, I feel like to stay at the grassroots, the humble, humble level. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you through that a hundred percent. You know, I, I'm the same way. I have guys that, you know, that join my group and talk to me, you know, they message me, ask me questions, you know, they invite me to come out and hang out with them, you know, and I, I literally take no hesitation to respond and talk to all of them because at the end of the day, yeah. we're all in the same boat, you know, and we're just, it's yeah. just your average Joe, you know, and we just, we just want everybody to have the, you know, the questions answered they have or to learn more and, help learn, help each other learn things, you know? And I, I mean, the hunting industry is, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just a little guy at the end of the totem pole that I just want to be here for everybody. And I just want to help everybody grow. You know, we're the, I just, I want us yeah. to be able to be the voice for the little people that, you know, don't quite have one yet or are working on getting theirs, you know, and whatever they want to do is, is, yeah. is what they want to do, you know? Yeah. I, I, and I've got a, a bunch of friends of that, that, are, uh, you know, doing what we're doing and, you know, and, and that's where I'm kind of going with it is, you know, starting to, you know, not be so worried and no, trust me, there's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, getting, you know, on pro staffs and stuff, it's very good networking. It's good to learn how to carry yourself, conduct yourself, promote things, promote yourself, build, build a big network. Um, you know, I've kind of since shifted to, you know, the, the local bow shop and helping, helping them and they're helping me kind of thing. And, um, just, uh, kind of taking a different angle and, and kind of piggybacking on each other. And, 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 you know, you know, there's a ton of prodigy outdoors and a ton of guys, you know, the mid, you know, Midwest public land kind of groups that are out there. And it's like, if we're all pushing to a common goal, why wouldn't I have you come on my podcast and say, Hey, go check this out. Why would, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of the angle and, and the goal of, of, of my podcast is it's like, Hey, you know, here, check this guy out. And, and by the way, what is your handles that people can follow you at and, and come check your stuff out? Oh, um, well, like you can follow us on, on Facebook with Midwest public land whitetails. You can join the group or follow the business page, but we have YouTube and Instagram as well. Um, on all platforms. I mean, I, I, we welcome anybody and everybody, you know, and our YouTube is, yeah, it's kind of slow right now, but this year is hopefully going to have everybody, not just myself, my videos, all the, all the staff members that are going to, you know, come together and put, I mean, I want everybody's film on there, you know, and I just, like yeah. you said, I, I want everybody, we're all trying to eat, you know, we all want to come together. Yeah. We all have the ultimate goal. So 
my goal is to just show everybody, you know? Yeah. No, I like it, man. And it's like, uh, you know, the, the YouTube thing's tough, you know, um, it can be tough, you know, definitely spend some time looking up the SEO and different things like that and having a good, um, icon as, as the image and stuff. I noticed that that helps, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother thing that I've, I've struggled with myself is different things work for different people. Like I noticed, you know, if I post a video to Facebook, I get a great response. If I post a link to YouTube, I don't get as good of response and it's however YouTube's analytics are or whatever. And so I kind of learn to just upload to YouTube and then upload to Facebook too. And just kind of just throw shit against the wall. That's really what it's about is just throwing shit out there. Yep. And just waiting to see if you get a hit back. Yeah. And, uh, and I try, I try not to have emotional ties to the, to the content like I used to, you know, I really used to have a lot of high expectations for myself and, and it's difficult to reach them sometimes. Um, and it's just, like I said, you know, you've got a, a handful of people and, and I'll tell you one thing I've learned too. There's more people watching than, they, than, than respond. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's more people that will no bullshit watch a whole video and not like it or share it, even though you requested them to please like and share. And it doesn't mean that they don't like you or don't like your stuff. It's just a personality thing or whatever. Cause I, I'll meet people or run into people, you know, throughout the year and they, Oh man, I watched your video. And it's like, Oh, well that's, Wow, really? And, they, and it's like, yeah, I watched the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> so what what do you have coming up this year? Do you have some, you know, are you putting hunts on YouTube as they come um, as soon as possible? Or are you kind of like saving them for end of summer? Or do, you, do you have anything in, in the works right now that you're working on to, to people, for uh. people to check out or? Right now, we don't. We're gonna have some uh, some good scouting coming up here soon. We were kind of waiting for the rain to slow down a little bit, but we'll have some scouting videos coming up. But mainly, is gonna be we're gonna when the hunting season starts kicking off in September. Um, I got there's a couple people that'll be tagging around with me to a couple different states. We're gonna be on a lot of out of state hunts this year, and hopefully, they go as good as planned. Um, but they're gonna it's gonna be as kind of as soon as soon as they touch down, we're gonna try to get the videos out. You know whether it's a successful day or an unsuccessful day, we're going to try to keep the yeah. video content going. Cause that's one thing I would really like to uh, pursue a little better this year. Last year was a rough year for my, for film and wise, a lot of bad camera gear. Yeah. Um, but that's, we just got a lot out of state hunts. You know, we got Ohio, Wisconsin, Nebraska, maybe a little bit of Kentucky depending. Um, but it's just, yeah. you know, Nebraska is going to be trying to conquer my, our first, uh, Velvet buck and muley, so that's going to be a heck of a task. It's going to be awesome. So you're going out west, western Wisconsin or western Nebraska? Yes, sir. Yeah, I tried to hunt the eastern part of the state, um, and I mean, for somebody who wants to do it yourself, you know, October or rut hunt, I think that would be a phenomenal place. But we we weren't even seeing deer really uh, when we went in early season, just because, you know, it's called the Cornhusker state for a reason. And there's a lot of corn in Iowa too, but in my head, I thought I pictured Nebraska as like alfalfa fields and different things like that. And the Western part is like that, but we had a, a hell of a struggle to find deer um, when we went out there. Um, and it wasn't because there wasn't deer. I know that it was just, there was so much vegetation, vegetative cover. Um, they just weren't visible, you know? Yep. No, and you're, and you're right, and that's one thing is I uh, I never got an early season deer in Nebraska when I lived there, but after yeah. you know, kind of studying and going back and forth, I believe we narrowed in uh, the early September season when I go for that velvet buck, I'm going to be spending kind of more around my home roots of Nebraska where I grew up and where I'm from, and there's a pretty good chunk of public that's kind of like a happy corridor between two pretty good-sized fields, private fields on the outside, and it's what yeah. I believe is used as a great funnel to funnel these deer in between. And I got cameras up there right now, so we'll see how it goes. Go. But I mean, I've got, I've got two, I've got boxes of cameras all over the place in and everywhere. I mean, it's ridiculous, yeah. but, but we'll see. I got it. I got it started out there, but yo, you're right. It's, it's hard during the early season, but I, nothing's going to stop me from trying to get this first velvet buck. And I, I think 
shooting a first velvet buck in Nebraska is going to be one thing, but shooting a mature, mature one is going to be the, is going to be the task at hand. And that's yeah. what my goal is, is to hopefully in theory, harvest a mature deer in every state I hunt this year. That's the wishful thinking. Yeah. And do you, you know, what's, what, what's your, when you go out of state, I mean, I know and it goes down a little you I I um I lost you for a second um, there I said what what is your expectation when you hunt out of state land is or out of state is it is it a, is it a is it an inch or is it a is it an age class or you know compared to what you would shoot if you were uh, home it is um that's a really good question the way i look at it is um kind of i try to stick to an age class i mean inches inches are one thing but I, if i feel it's a good three and a half yeah. four year old deer you know, I'd like to shoot older just because I'd like to give them younger ones a chance, but you know, we can't always get that. Um, but I, I would be solid in every state I would hunt. I would be, I would be completely content with taking a three to four year old deer. You know, I would like to stick to the four range just because, you know, I, I feel that's right to do. I'm trying to stick to this thing where I, you know, try to go after older deer and give the younger ones a chance to prosper a little more, but if I get a really beautiful three and a half, three and a half year old deer, that's my guess in front of me. And he has a phenomenal rack. I mean, I'm going to gladly take him home, but I'll definitely be taking home a doe out of every state. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I try to, I try to, you know, weigh my options and, and everything like that, you know, um, with, you know, limited time, um, typically hunting public land. And, um, you know, I, I'm probably looking at for me a one thirty class minimum when I hunt public um, not, not in, in, you know, if I went to Nebraska or something like that, you know, um, just try to just with time and everything, but every, everybody's different. And I, I do know one thing that if, when people go out of state, they, they, they have this mentality of where they have to get something and you have to be, if you're in this for the long haul and, you know, like, like you are, and I am, you have to be willing to potentially eat your tag. And, and you have to, mm -hmm. you have to be willing to go through what that feels like too. And, you know, like I've gone to different States, you know, Nebraska, for example, I, I went out there, didn't, we barely saw any deer. I never made it back. I ate my tag. You know, I've done that in, in other States as well. Missouri being one before. And even last year in Iowa, I ate my tag. So that's just one thing. Like if, if you've got to be willing to, to, to set those goals and if they're not, if the opportunity is not there, then, you know, then you're not going to fill that goal. You know, I, I mean, if it's last day and I've been hunting hard, you know, we haven't seen much for deer and I get a two year old standing in front of me with a basket eight, I can comfortably tell yep, you, I'm same, not going to shoot. Same. I'm not going to shoot that deer. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my standards, whether it like, whether you said, you know, I, it's, it's going to hurt and I might not like it, but it's going to keep you going. You know, you're going to come back again and try it again, you know, but I won't, I won't cave in. I'll, I would rather shoot a doe before I would go ahead and shoot that two year old deer on that last day for the simple fact is that it's just, you know, the goal is to go out there and meet mm -hmm. and meet the goal, you know, not to sell for less, but, and if you don't meet it, you don't yeah. meet it, you know, like you said, and I, I will stick to that, to my guns, you know, I think what I think Nebraska is going to be a good challenge for me, even though I'm from there. I think it's going to be a really good challenge, and uh, I believe Wisconsin is going to be a phenomenal one too. I'm really, really, really pumped for yeah, Wisconsin. I've, I've noticed, you know, I still have, you know, like a high, ex I have a, a, you know, expectations when I'm in the stand, but over the last few years, I've I've been really more, way more laxed on on um, on things like, uh, you know, I just I want to meet new people. I want to go different places and. Like, for example, my dad hasn't, hasn't drawn a, an Iowa tag until – he should draw it this year. So the last two years, he hasn't drawn an Iowa tag. And people are just like – so So I, I have some public and some private in Missouri that we go to and we stay in a motel. And, and that's just time I spend with my father. And people are like, how are you leaving Iowa to go hunt Missouri during the rut? And I'm like, well, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, I'm not like going to hunt 
Upper Peninsula, Michigan versus Iowa. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, the 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 outcome is it's pretty much the same. You know, the the caliber caliber of deer are the same. And in fact, actually, I think Missouri may even have a slightly higher deer population because we just see a shitload of deer where we hunt in Missouri, and it could just be regionally or whatever, but. Um, you know, I don't think about it like that anymore. You know, oh my God, I'm missing the rut in Iowa. And it's like, you know, to spend four, four days of the rut or the whole season with my dad. I mean, is that, is that, is that really that big of a deal where it's like, you know? I don't think it is. I mean, that's just, I'm not a big rut hunter. I mean, I think the rut's awesome. And I think it's great for some people. I personally don't yeah. care for the rut. I mean, it's, it's a good time. You get to see wild, you get to see some real, Real wild stragglers, you know, but, uh, I, I, I have seen the most success and some of my best deer in two, in the first two parts of my yeah. favorite seasons, early season and late season. I have seen some of the biggest monsters of my life last year, late season and early season was when my brother shot probably the biggest, that actually was the biggest deer he's ever shot on public land. It was his first year actually hunting by himself, like hunting 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 you know not with our grandpa like we grew up and he shot the largest caliber deer he'll probably ever shoot again and he, i know he's gonna hear this and he's gonna still be sick but he never did we never really? could find that deer but yeah and it's gonna make it's gonna make him sick when he listens to this but we had it on camera and i mean this was a world-class white-tailed deer and he shot it out of our blind early season over a green over a, a clover patch and uh he shot, he got really excited. It's the first time he's ever shot a deer, you know, and, uh, he got excited and, and jumped the gun. The, the buck kind of dived down a little bit on him. He hit him high and he probably would have had a chance at finding him, but he got a little too excited and came out the blind when the deer started running. And well, we never found that deer yeah. again. Do you, um, we looked for three, for, did you really three days straight? And then, we, yeah. And then we had rain and we looked for another week. Every time we get done hunting, we try to look and it, nothing. Did you, um, do you, do you ever hang permanent sets on the public or what's your strategy as far as, uh, you know, stands and blinds is, you know, that type of thing. I, I, uh, I do always, I will always hang a blind or ha put up a blind. I love my blinds over. I have a certain spot that has just been a phenomenal producer for deer. Uh -huh. And it's actually the most access spot on the whole property. And I, I, I sit in there and I'll wave at hunters as they walk by entering the woods. Really? And 20 minutes later, they'll come out and we'll shoot deer all day from it. You know, no big deal. But uh, I have one or two. We'll, have, we'll hang up that blind for sure. And then we might have one stand hung up that's uh, permanent through the whole year. And I'm pretty picky on that stand. But otherwise, I'm a 100% I'm a mobile hunter. You know, I, I, like ground, I like ground and pound. But uh, I I mo I will never hunt the same spot ever, pretty much, except for that blind and that that one hung stand. Otherwise, I if I got my stand on my back, I'm going to a different location, whether it be 75 yards from where I hunted the day before, you know, put me closer to them deer I saw, or it's you know a mile further. Then you said you do you do sit on the ground, or do you use a ghillie suit, or what's? I do, I do have a, I do have a ghillie suit. I typically uh, don't wear it all the time because it just makes me pour out sweat. It's so dang warm. Um, I just, I stick to a lighter, lighter, uh, leafy kind of style uh, set blocker gear I use and a good face mask. That's about all I mm -hmm. stick to. And I have had deer almost step on me many occasions. <laughs> I, I have been face to face with a with a little one year old spike buck that about gave me a heart attack. Cause I seen a buck in front of us run across this ridge and it was a decent buck. So I grunted at it. Well, I didn't see this spike and he came and stepped literally where I could have turned. I could have probably blew him a kiss how close he came to my face where I was sitting on this tree. And then he looked over and realized it was me and just snorted right in my face and peeled out. Yeah. And I, I thought I was going to get headbutted by a deer. It kind of freaked Jeez. me out. Yeah. I <laughs> it was wild. I know. I, 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 I really for some reason, I'm like, I love my hang on. Like I just, I've used climbers and everything. And I just, I feel so much more confident and comfortable in, in a, in a, in a hang on, um, you know, like an XOP or whatever, just a regular hang on. But, um, that's kind of my strategy is, 
you know, that's got it. That's kind of my, I, I guess I just never sat on the ground. I never tried it. I don't know. I, I should try it. I just, I guess I think we all know what we like at the end of the day, you know, and that's kind of a big, Absolutely. big part of, of being confident. Absolutely. And I, I tell you what, one day, if you ever try it, you let me know how you feel about it yeah. because I, I get the biggest adrenaline rush ever. And I, I love, I love hanging my stands. You know, I love my hang ons. You know, I did the climbers like you did, you know, and I, I love the hang on, but that every now and then when you get a wild hair and it's just kind of a little bit of still hunting is always good for the soul. I, I let, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's crazy. It's cause you know, seeing that deer at 200 yards and somehow managing to get, you know, within shooting range of it with a, with a compound bow, it's just yeah. a, yeah, I don't know. It's a high. It's a high for sure. Yeah. And what do you what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a CNC machine operator, mm-hmm. and I'm actually going to be going back to my roots here soon. I will be going back to being a farm hand, and uh, out at a farm up by uh, uh, I can't uh, up by Alito. Sorry, I couldn't I couldn't think of the name there for a minute, and. Um, I'm going to be putting the CNC behind for a while and go back to this farm and helping out around the farm, being a good farm hand, checking on the crops and everything and surveying the fields and counting yeah. the growth and everything. Yeah. I think a lot of guys are just a generation is getting out of working with their hands. And it's something that I'm, you know, passionate about. I'm in a trade right now and I'm in a union and, you know, I talk to a lot of kids. I'm only 29, but I talk to a lot of kids, you know, 20 to 25 and, they don't know what they want to do and everything like that. And I just, I did see that you were, you were a CNC operator and, you know, I don't, I don't know why, you know, people aren't gravitating towards a a skill and that type of training that even if they don't use it forever, they have it, you know, so the farming doesn't work out, you know, there's a good chance that you could, you know, go back to, to, to doing that somewhere else or doing it where you are now. And, um, you know, I think times are the essence. I don't, I, and I, I wish I had the type of mentorship that I, you know, that I have now where it wouldn't be a a wonder. I wouldn't really ponder of what am I going to do with my life? Because, you know, as you're just sitting there doing nothing, you're just, (laughs) that's all you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. What, what did you, what did you ultimately go to, go to like what was your goal when you when you were coming up you know as, as a young man deciding like what what did you want to go to school for and I'll tell you what mine was I wanted to go I wanted to be somebody who was paid to manage land like you know I wanted to manage deer I wanted to manage property um, and that type of career totally exists in Texas and you know big places where there's large tracts of timber um, with a lot of money involved, you know, the Southern States, I see a lot of, and there is obviously land managers that, that do that type of forestry stuff or, um, work for an individual or for multiple people. I, I do know there's guys that go around and do habitat stuff, but, um, it, I ended up going, to, I went to school for forestry and wildlife biology. Um, and then just the way the industry of the forestry industry is, um, you know, it's a lot of urban and it's a lot of uh, utility line clearance stuff. And I've kind of myself and my friends have kind of a lot of us have fallen into the line clearance side of things. And so that's kind of where my passion is now is, you know, I'm pretty passionate about my job. And I do think that, um, you know, it's important for young guys to do something that's a skill versus something that they're just you know, like, for example, one of my buddies that I talked to, he, he's roofing right now. And there's, no, there's nothing wrong with roofing. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, and a lot of times, you know, he, he is learning some skills and stuff. But we've talked on several occasions. And I'm like, well, you're doing manual labor. Why, why wouldn't you do manual labor as, as an apprentice in, a, in, a, in, a, in an electrician union or a plumbing union or you know, something like that where you're building more equity, you're building a pension, you have good insurance and you're learning skills that are certified so that if you do switch into something else or go to college, that's fine, but you still have that to fall back on, you know, the, you know, if that makes any sense. No, it does. That makes really good sense. Actually, that's a really, 
that's a really good point that I think people should should definitely focus and listen to more often. That's a that was a phenomenal point. Yeah, I just I just I mean and that's kind of, you know, different topics I've gotten written down to, to talk on my podcast, maybe just individually um, and in different videos I want to make is, is to kind of kind of kind of touch base on those things. You know, one thing that I see a lot of people doing in the hunting industry is 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 they're just and I've done it, I guess. So that's probably why I know that people are doing it is they they're they're going broke over the shit, you know. They're going broke over the camera gear and the hunting trips, and they're putting on credit cards. It's affecting their their well-being. It's affecting their life. It's affecting their finances and their personal lives and relationships. And trust me, I've done it. You know, I've you know I've been single for a long time until recently, and you know I thought that that was the way to go. The you know the, the kind of like the I don't know. It's it's just it's it's just it's not it's not really a fulfilling life. You know, you can, people can say that it is that, you know, to, to do those types of things. But at, at the end of the day, like, what are you really getting back from, from, you know, putting, you know, hunts on your credit card and going broke and causing, you know, problems, you know, I mean, this has really happened. Like people have gotten divorces over having a hunting TV show or, you know, all, you know, this, this drive to be famous or something like that within the hunting industry. It's, it's, I've heard it numerous times and um, you know, to shift away from that is, is my goal for myself and to, to at least let people know that that's not really the way to do it. It's not smart, you know? No, you, I, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. I believe you should start, you should take care of yourself, you know, and your goals should always be your goals, but you shouldn't, you know, I die. I'm the first person to tell you, I dive in when I dive into yep, something, I dive same. into it head on, you know, and, and, I, and I'm guilty of the same things you are. You know, I've, I've put family on the back burners, you know, I, uh, I've gone cho- choosing jobs that were easier for me to go hunting, you know, and then as the time extends on and my, my, my son gets older, I focus back on, yeah. you know, I love my hunting and I, and I love everything I do and I, I won't put that yeah. aside. But at the, I do need to continue to build myself and, and the future for my son and and my family, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not I'm not hunting and doing everything I'm doing to become famous. Yeah. The famous part I don't care about. I'm doing it for myself. Like it's something I'm extremely exactly. passionate about, and I, I'm guilty of the spending stupid money on the gear, you know, when I shouldn't have. And but that comes back to my main focus now is I'm ready to build stuff up. Yeah. You know, I'm leaving the CNC machinist. I've done that for years. You know, I love it. Uh, I have a I'm a jack of many traits. I actually my passion when I was growing up was I always wanted to be a veterinarian because I love yeah. animals, you know. And then as I got older, I deterred away from it because I was so- soft minded. I felt yeah. it was too complicated. And I pushed I'm a gearhead at heart. So I went to school for auto technician. Uh, I'm a certified AC mechanic and that was, and I I did it. I started pushing for that. And then I come to realize I don't want to work for somebody else's shop. You know, I want to work and build up my money and get, you know, and get my own shop because making the money and taking care of your family isn't going to come from being somebody else's mechanic. And it could, if you're, you know, in, in the right place in the right setting, it very well could. But my goal is to have something to set my kids up on down the road you know i I can't pass up my boss's shop i can pass up my shop though you know like right now my house is paid off you know all my other stuff's taken care of so now it's time to get the money situated pick stick somewhere and get some good money built up take care of my you know my hobbies which is Mm -hmm. my hunting you know and running my page and take care of all that but to start building the future for my for my family you know and i i pushed that off long enough in the beginning of all this and it really does set in stone and hearing you say all that was a, was a really good reminder of, of everything that's, you know, facts and reality. And, and I think a lot of people are still doing that. And a lot of people think, you know, you've got to do all this to do, yeah. to, to be able to do this stuff. I t- I'll be the first one to tell you right now, I didn't focus on all the fancy crazy hunting gear and all that. When I first started hunting, sure. I used the cheapest stand, you know, a hand-me-down bow and camo I pieced together from garage sales. And that all that stuff is what I was wearing when I shot my first biggest yeah. deer. No, I and I didn't I didn't play with none of the other stuff until afterwards, you know. You don't need it. You don't need to to pour your whole life away 
and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on stuff because at the end of the day, the stuff ain't gonna want, it ain't what's gonna no. kill the deer. It's gonna be you and your mentality. No, and, and uh, we're we're Sorry, definitely guilty off. of it. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I'm still probably guilty of it. It's just I'm just you know just in, you know different podcasts and different avenues like this just try to put that out there. It's just I mean. Um, you know, it's also just American culture, you know, it's just to just continue to spend money and spend tomorrow's dollar today. And it's just like, you know, and I've, I've got fortunately now have some good mentors and, and, and the one has constantly always told me to not, not try not to monetize your hobbies, you know, um, you, you monetize your, your, your passions or something like that. Like you, you know, you can be passionate about, um, you know, uh, mechanics and stuff like that but you know he's just from an outside perspective as a business owner probably a multimillionaire, i don't know um has has really kind of opened my eyes to that because i just thought the more i did the more i would eventually get back and i've realized that that's not always the case um especially in the hunting industry which is you know shrinking down and there's also not a lot of money to go around to begin with unless you you have a product and and um you know, you plan on having a TV show, but it, I think it also takes away on top of all of it to put the icing on the cake. It takes the fun out of it. You know, you're just putting this unnecessary pressure on yourself and people can see that when they watch, not your videos, but when they watch your videos, like I know people have said to me that I, you know, I used to take myself too seriously and it was just, yeah, I, I did. You know, I was really serious. I was really, you know, and now it's more lackadaisical. My captions are more relaxed. I'm more relaxed. Like this is me. You know, I may miss. I don't know. You know that type of shit. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just like the prime caption of all that is is it's really not that it's serious. Not that serious. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, it's not. And they they can hashtag that one on this because that's that's the biggest thing I gotta I you know to remember is is you know at the end of the day it's not that serious, and you're doing it for you and not. I mean, I don't know about everybody. I mean, I don't know about you or anybody else, but I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it for you know, John or Mo or whoever else, you know, I'm doing it for me and what makes me happy. Yeah. And I don't have to impress everybody. If they, if they choose to like it and follow along, that's awesome. And if not, I'm still going to have me and I'm still going to go out and try to kill big deer. You know, it's, it's, you know, the gears, the gears for me and the, the, the overall, just everything is, you know, it's for me, but I want to bring everybody else sure, in no, on with it, yeah. you know. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be mad if somebody doesn't like it, you know. And I'm not, I'm not saying to not do what we're doing. Obviously, we're both doing what we're doing with the videos and the social media. Oh, absolutely. I, know. I just, you know, I thought it would be, you know, I really did. I swear, I believe, you know, I was going to move to Iowa and I was going to shoot, shoot big deer, and I did. And it's like the world just kept going on. It's and and it is a repeatable. <laughs> thing. It has to be repeated enough times to where people catch on too. Um, but at the same time, you know, I way too serious. I took myself way too serious and, you know, I, and, and, um, it's just, it's just something, something to people to consider, you know? Absolutely. No, hundred percent agree. That is, that is a lost trait is what people forget as just, it's not that serious, man. I mean, yeah. I, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, the other thing too, like, so you have a spouse, you know, I, I've recently got into a relationship and it's just like, is hunting more important? Like, no, we're not talking about, I'm not talking about November 1st through the 25th. Okay. I'm talking about June 11th. Is it that important to me to go put cameras out and get hay fever and then have to go take a nap? Cause I'm about to go to the hospital cause my fucking allergies are so bad. To not go and do something that she wants to go do or that we both enjoy doing. You know, to me, like, that's where, like, I guess my shift has been. Like, I'm not trying to get people to quit hunting or give up on going hunting hard. It's just, it's just, you know, like, I just think with, with, with everything going on, it's like people are, they want to, you know, hunt 365 and that's, and, that, and that's fine. Like I said, you know, it's just, I just, at what expense, you know, for me, it was kind of a, a lonely, solitary life. That was the expense that I paid for scouting every goddamn weekend and just focusing on hunting and myself, you know. And that's really, really, you know, not um, a fulfilling life, if you ask me, you know. So, um, and maybe I, maybe I know I know that I also may have, a, have worked on 
you know, not as on balancing things better too, you know, um, and, and hunting is an, is a hobby where you're usually you're either all in or all out. So that's kind of where that line in the sand is too, is it's, it's not a kind of hobby where you just kind of weekend warrior, most people, you know, um, but No, you're, you're spot on, man. You got some wise words and I, and I dig it. I dig yeah. it. I definitely do. You know, and I, I think that's, so, I think people should really, when they listen to this, I think they're going to, I think they're going to focus on that yeah. because those are some super, super words of wisdom, man. Like, and then I felt, I felt it because I'm like, damn, like he's like talking to me, but at the same time you're talking about yourself, but it's yeah. like, damn, like I'm right here in that same boat. I'm guilty of all the same pleasures, you know, like, Oh, you know, why don't we go do this? Ah, well, I got to go set up cameras and I got to go check these and I got to go do some more scouting. But at the same time, man, it's, it's freaking June, you know, you know, yeah. and you know how to hunt, you know, you, don't, you, really have you know, where you got to be, you yeah. know where you got to be October, November, you know, where to hunt. It's not rocket science. Fuck dude. When you go hunt half, yeah. half the time out of state, you've never even stepped foot in there. You go off aerial photos. You're like, boom, here's, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, pretty humble guy i not toot my own horn and i'm not 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 that hard but maybe it is harder than i think but i i can put a pin on a map and guarantee that there's sign there guarantee 100 percent. yep you probably can too yeah absolutely you know and that's the biggest thing is a lot of these out-of-state hunts you know when i go to places like when i went for my turkey hunt this year you know i know there's birds all over nebraska but i just kind of threw a wild dart and picks up i was like oh well I'm going to check this spot out. Like there's, there's going to be something yeah. here regardless, you know, and, and you just kind of hop in and you go and you're going to be able to find it within that first yeah. day. You're going to find something, you know, and, and that's where a lot of this, I mean, there's excessive amounts of scouting. I mean, I believe it's it always nice to, you know, do scouting and stuff, but in reality, man, I, I could go in, I could not do a single thing all this rest of this summer at, up until season. And I could go out the day before season. I could tell you more more about them deer and, and more about what I'm going to do than I probably could this last three yeah. months I've done it, you know, and, and that's contradicting myself because I, I, even though I'm saying that I'm guilty as hell of like the last, you know, couple of weeks, you know, of me going out, you know, and, and finding reasons to get out in the woods and go, Oh, I got to go look at this in reality. It's not going to make a and difference. I'm, I'm not you know? trying yeah, deer not, I feel like I'm like the anti anti hunter now or something. I'm not even trying to be like that. No, absolutely not. Dude. I'm just, no, no way. Go, no, you're not. Go you're watch just a game or something. <laughs> go play golf. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I'm really enjoying the summer for once, you know, and, um, it's just, it's food for thought. You know, I, I, I think I, you know, it's just food for thought, but actually, you know, if you ever do want to go to no, a baseball game, you're not that far from the quad city. Maybe we can do that or something or, you know, I know you Absolutely. guys have, a, you guys have a 3D down. shoot down there. Do you still have that in Galesburg? Yes, sir, we do. Yes, sir, we and, do. Well, I, I, I'd like to maybe we, maybe we can hook up and do that too. So, but I um, think that'd be sweet. Saturdays and Sundays, I yeah, believe. Yeah, we'll keep in touch. In fact, you know, I've never even met Austin. I've never, I, if I saw him in person, I, we probably wouldn't recognize each other. Um, never <laughs> talked to him before this podcast other than a couple quick messages on facebook so i that's kind of what i like you know we we did discuss like quickly like what should we talk about and it's just like you know what it's just like we're at a uh, at a hunting store or at an archery shoot or in the woods talking about deer hunting or at a party talking about deer hunting you know that's kind of the way to do it to be honest with you no filter but, no script um well i'm gonna hop off here man um we're at about over an hour and i can't I'm, su- I'm not surprised but i am i'm glad that we went this long and was very fluent but uh, i'm gonna hop off here and uh, we'll keep in touch and try to link up this summer and um and uh, i enjoyed having you on here thank you man i appreciate it i'm glad you brought me on it was good talking to you i think we covered a yeah, lot of good ground bro. and it'll definitely be good yep, to catch up with you. you bye yep take it easy